Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. is Ebony Griffin, your host of the Small Talk Big Thoughts podcast, and I am back for another exciting episode. It's a really good episode that is practical to us all, and um, it's more transparent on my part, uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll get started. So last week, uh, September 1st, 2023, I woke up from a dream, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the dream from what I can remember. So I was with a group of people. One person I know was a good friend of mine. Um, We were leaving this event. The friend went their way, got in the car. I'm supposed to go get in the car, but I'm walking through a park, um, and I see some men. They were older. 60 70 years old and I decided to start talking to them they were kind of um seemed like they had been drinking maybe to me reminded me of like old school winos sitting on a crate kind of thing and I started talking to them and you know it seemed like they were talking back um into it and I just spoke just like hey get your house in order you know, uh, get your house in order, and so then I kept on walking, I passed by this water fountain, and I had a container, and I was going to fill it up, I I filled it up a little bit, but not as much, I was going to fill it up more with water, and I said, well, you know what, I don't want to have this heavy container filled with water, um, because I'm not going directly to my car right now, I'm going to go into this building, that's near this park and so it was a a high-rise building what I know uh, in my growing up is called a projects if you're if you live in America you pretty much know what a project is Uh, but it was a high-rise and so I walk into the high-rise I am um, you know it's not I'm not greeted it's just a lot of a lot of uh, activity. It's kids everywhere. The hallways are filled with people. It's a lot of movement. It's up and down. People walking up and down the stairs. Um, it's not quiet at all. It's noisy. It is a lot going on. And um, there are people, I guess, moms. I noticed a lot of moms. Um, so women who had children with them and they were just uh, going back and forth talking to each other and I started to tell them get your house in order Jesus is coming back get your house in order and I could see that they weren't paying attention to me they saw me they looked my way but they didn't they were not paying attention and so I just started shouting get your house in order get your house get your house in order and so um you know I woke up after that um so I don't know you know what the end of it was like I can't remember um you know much more detail after that um but I am led to believe that based on the my my interactions with those gentlemen that were at the park um 
having that conversation with them and talking to them and telling them to get their house in order and then going into the projects and um, getting to a point where I had to elevate my voice, where my cadence changed, um, where my intonation changed because I had, it, it felt like I had to, I wasn't beating them over the head with the Bible, but I was shouting to get their attention and yet I was still ignored. I was still not, they didn't pay attention to me, me telling them to get their house in order. And so I believe that because it was noisy, because they were mothers, uh, because it was a lot of people, I wanted to get the word out. And that word of alert was get your house in order. Jesus is coming back. So I'm led to believe that God wants me to shout that message, not just in my dream, but to you as well. And so that you too can shout it to other believers and unbelievers. Get your house in order. Jesus is coming back. So uh, get your house in order. Get your spiritual house in order. And this is a phrase that comes directly from the Bible. I didn't make it up, okay? It came directly from the Bible. And so I want to walk through the first mention of this. And then it's in Isaiah chapter 38. You can also turn to 2 Kings chapter 20 verses 1 through 13 and take a look at that in your own time. But I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Um, In Isaiah chapter 38, it reads, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, Thus said the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. And have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, Thus said the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Verse 7, and this is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow of the sundial which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, ten degrees backwards. So that the sun returned 10 degrees on the Tao by which it had gone down. And verse 9. This is the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. Now, the rest of chapter 38 goes into this. um, It's a little bit of a prayer to the Lord that shows what was going on in Hezekiah's life. It is um, 
practical. I think this verse, this this chapter is very practical to Hezekiah, but it could also be very practical to someone that might also be living. Maybe there you, you're listening and you're sick or you're uh, ill in some form or fashion. You may have some type of condition. You may have uh, heard some bad news like uh, Hezekiah and um you you know the, i think it is a good a good example of going through what hezekiah did so uh when he heard from the prophet isaiah uh he was already sick so isaiah came there with hezekiah already being sick it, it, he was so sick it says the word says he was sick near death he was sick almost to death okay and then Isaiah comes and said, yo, this is it, yo, yo, bro, you're about to die. That's what the Lord said. Like, set your house in order, get it together. Meaning, do what you have to do to get things right with the Lord. Now, let's go ahead and, um, you know, look look at a little bit more in depth in regards to this. Isaiah comes to give Hezekiah this death news, this bad news. Okay, some of you probably have gotten bad news from your doctors, death news in regards to conditions and all these things like that. But Hezekiah shows exactly what type of thing to do. He turned his face to the Lord to pray. He prayed and he reminded God of his faithfulness, like his work of righteousness to the Lord. And he says, remember now, O Lord, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. He didn't remind God of him doing what he wanted to do, of him living his life, YOLOing, doing everything that he thought and wanted to do, living his best life. No, he reminded God of how faithful he had been as the king of Judah to God's word that he followed God's word. In fact, he was one of a few kings that through his entire time, he followed the, the word of God. It's not very many of those kings, and Hezekiah is one of them that did right in the sight of, of God. And so he reminded God of that. And because of that, God, he didn't just um, tell him, okay, uh, I hear you. No, God is such a faithful God. God heard him and God was moved by his prayer. He was moved by his his um sincerity. He was moved by the fact that he he did have a loyal heart. He did walk in truth. And because of that, God went he went to he went in time and he took the time back 10 degrees. So it so the word says in verse 8 that he that the the sundial turned backward 10 degrees. So he did that he did that as a sign to Hezekiah that yes, I'm going to heal you. But then he also did something else that was related to time. He went into time, into the future, and he added 15 years to this man's life because this man walked with God because he was faithful because he had a loyal heart all right and so that is for somebody 
um, you know, set your house in order. This is how Hezekiah did that. And 15 years was added to his life. All right. So with that being said, I you know want to leave that there. I will ask that you in your own spare time, you take a look at Isaiah 38 again in 2 Kings chapter 20 verses 1 through 13. And, and also, I want to remind you, before we even go any further in regards to getting your house in order, the first, first things first, your house, your spiritual house, your spiritual temple, you have to have a firm foundation in Christ before you can get a house in order, period. You got to build your house on the rock that is Jesus. You got to know who Jesus is. And so that is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, building your house on the rock of Jesus. All right. So uh, I want to go through a few more examples of kind of practical ways in which what it looks like to get to have your house in order. And I do have another scripture. It's coming from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 16 and this is from the message bible and you don't have to have all these different bibles you can go through to the bible app if you like i just happen to have a lot of these different bibles and i like looking at different versions um but you can go to the bible app and pull up different scriptures go to the internet and pull up different scriptures and read them in different in different um scriptures so that way you get a clear understanding some of them may are are more visual and give you more information it gets get, gets a little bit more in depth so going back to first peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 17 let me read it again it's from the message bible and this is in reference to I believe this is a great example of what it looks like to get your house in order. So it says, roll up your sleeves, get your head in the game, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't be, don't lazily slip back into these old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you know better now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. And so that was 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. And so um, I think that's a great example of like what it looks like on us, what setting our house in order looks like on us um, in regards to how my dream was interpreted uh, and how it how it was visualized, what happened in a dream, me talking to people who were just kind of operating in their own in their own way they were doing their thing and then i'm walking up to them saying hey get your house in order get your spiritual house in order jesus is coming back so basically uh get get sober-minded get focused you know um for jesus's return and so i think this message verse in first peter from the message bible really does kind of give us an idea of what that looks like rolling up your sleeve getting the game you know be ready 
before Jesus' return. Don't be lazy and slip back into your old ways. Um, but because you knew, you didn't know what was like better to do then. But now you know. And since you know better, you got to do better. And why? Because as followers of Christ, we are obedient children. We are his obedient children. We're God's obedient children. And... We don't want to get ourselves pulled outside of the way into what we want to do. We want to be pulled into the ways of God uh, to have an energetic and blazing life of holiness. And and so I just I think that that message version is really good. Um, it gives such revelation and also just kind of, it gives hope to the end for the grace which is brought to us you know um in jesus christ so i really do um like that and so with that being said um you know i want to give you some a few things that will be helpful just some practical things that you would be able to use to get your house in order that is related to isaiah 38 that's related to uh, the verse that we just read and so in first Peter and so the first thing I want to start off with is you know in in regards to getting your house in order get a relationship with God like I said earlier you want to build your house on the rock not sinking sand you want to have a stern relationship with God and that means that you know him intimately so much so that you're craving God you know, uh, there are so many verses in the Bible where you can see that someone was desperate to be in the presence of Jesus. Um, and so I'm going to give you a few examples. I won't turn to these scriptures, but I'll just kind of give you in the example of them. Um, there was a, a, a person, Zacchaeus, he climbed all the way on top of a tree, okay, just to be able to be in the presence of God, to see him okay in the presence of Jesus to see him out there and then a woman pushed through a crowd just to touch the hem of his garment are you that desperate for a relationship with God that you're pushing people down trying to get to him and what about the person the friends that remove the roof of a building just to have their good friend be close to to Jesus I mean so that just shows how much they were craving relationship craving to to kind of be in his presence craving to have intimacy with him so that's number one get your house in order by getting a relationship with god number two get your house in order by repenting for your sins all right so and and many of you you might be the only person in your house that is developing a relationship with the lord you might have children um or maybe you don't have kids but you are learning about god and you're learning about your spiritual walk a big part of that is repentance i know it's not talked about a lot at a lot of churches but that needs to be a regular occurrence every day multiple times a day i don't know how Often I say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, purge me. Purge me. You know, every day, all throughout the day, every night before I go to sleep, it needs to be so rolled off your tongue, common, like breathing, your repentance. Because every time, I mean, we're, you know, who we are. 
And God is a holy God. And you and we need to be repentant. And repent means to turn away from sin. Okay, for thing from things that are done consciously or unconsciously, things that are known or unknown. God is so holy, we don't know what what our thinking, how our thinking affects Him, and you don't want anything to get in the way of you and this holy God in your relationship. So repent, turn away, ask God for His mercy, ask God for forgiveness. And some of you going back to what I said that you may have, you may be the only person in your family that knows God. So that may mean that you are standing in a gap for your family. You may literally have to pray for repentance for your entire family including you all right and you know there are so many people in the bible if you read it uh that be they did something wrong in the bible and their entire house was judged okay likewise you have some people who have done did something that was amazing did something that was right in the sight of God, and their entire house was saved. Okay, so this is a big deal. You're you repenting, asking God for forgiveness and His mercy f- could save your entire family. It could either save them or you could be judged. You and your entire family could be judged. And so, again, you have to choose that. So I say repent for your household, all right? Um, so that's how you get your house in order. You repent for yourself and you repent for your entire house. Um, and number three, um, you, number three, get your house in order, get your house in order by living your life in such a way that you can remind God that you walked right in his sight. All right. And so look, going back to Hezekiah, that's the one thing that he had. He, that's it. That was what moved God. The fact that he reminded God of how he lived his life. So uh, live your life in such a way that God will be pleased with it. Consecrate your body and your temple and, and be holy. Walk in his ways. You know, of course, we are not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to get things wrong. I don't know how many times I get things wrong. I get things wrong. But God... Is not, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you, God, know my heart. No, I. the heart is desperately wicked. I know my heart, and I know that it's, it's not good all the time, all right? And so because of that, I'm repenting, and then I'm also desperate to do things better and do it right. God wants to see a pure heart, clean hands and a pure heart. That's what he wants to see. So get your house in order by living your life in such a way that you can remind God of of your righteousness, of your holiness, you know, that you set yourself apart from others that you you may have been doing what the world was doing and doing what all your friends and other people were doing, but you turned away from that and you moved closer to God and you decided that you were going to walk in his ways and do what was right in his eyes, not your own. So number four, get your house in order by building your house in wisdom, uh, building your house in wisdom and on a sturdy foundation. We talked a little bit about that earlier having that foundation being Christ the rock, all right? And so, and that was from Matthew. 
All right. Um, and then number five, get your house in order by learning to occupy and labor until Christ's return. So one of the things that I was telling the people in my, in my dream is get your house in order, get your spiritual house in order. Jesus is going to return. And so, you know, occupying just means that we're doing the will of God. We're doing what's right in God's eyes. We're doing, we're fulfilling our destiny. We're doing the goals and the um, the assignments that he has for us. We are fulfilling that. That's basically what occupy means. Um, but when but when you think about it, uh, most people when they think of Jesus's return, they're terrified. They don't want to talk about it. They're scared. Well, if you're living your life right, you don't have nothing to be scared about. All right, it's something to look forward to. So live like you believe Jesus is, you know, all-knowing, that God is all-knowing, he's perfect, he's immutable, and he's coming back for you as a member of the church. And he's coming back for a spotless bride because that's what he's coming back for in the kingdom of God. He's coming back for the kingdom of God, not your local church. You know, um, when I say church, I'm not saying your local church. It might be your local church, uh, but it might not be your local church, depending on what type of church you go to. So uh, ultimately, I'm talking about the kingdom of God, the church, um, which is the kingdom of God that Jesus is coming back for, this spotless bride that he's coming back for. Number six, get your house in order by learning to contend for the faith. Uh, contending is like being able to um, study and know God, being able to talk to others about Jesus, being able to have um, conversations that are fruitful about God. And so what I do know is that many of you do not know why you're a Christian. Like you don't know why you're a believer. You don't know what you believe. You just, maybe for some of you, you, your, you know, your family, you got like five generations and they all said they were Christians and you're like, yeah, I guess I'm a Christian too. Sure. Okay. And so you don't know exactly why you don't know what you believe. If somebody was asking you what you believed, <clears throat> you wouldn't be able to tell them what you believe. It would be like, let me duck and dodge because I don't want these questions. Um, and so contending for the faith is actually knowing exactly why you believe what you believe, who you believe in, all right? And knowing who God is and knowing what you believe in and, and knowing why it's important to you, having a testimony for yourself because no one else can tell you what you believe it has to be on the basis of your life and your experience and your relationship with god it's not on somebody 10 generation or five generations back in your family it's all about you and your relationship and your testimony and your walk and so um i will say that there will be a time that you must know you're going to be in a position where you must know what you believe. You will have to answer to others in regards to why you believe what you believe. You won't be able to hide. You won't be able to, you know, sit in the back. You won't be able to kind of like prolong the conversation. You will have to get into the conversation and you will have to pick a side. And in the book of Revelations, the Lord 
it says that God, the Lord vomits out the lukewarm. All right, so that means that somebody can't be cold and, uh, you know, they are, they're, they are cold or they're hot and then they have this one in the middle that's like lukewarm and in between. It's no ride in the middle. We're at a point now where you're not going to be able to ride the middle. You are going to have to pick a side. And um, one way to do that is to get in your scripture. In every situation, um, there is whatever you see now that's going on. It, it's not nothing new under the sun. You're going to find something that would be able to let you know how you should be dealing with certain things how you can contend for the faith how you're able to stand on the word of god not your words not what somebody else said but the word of god and you'll be able to stand on it for yourself and dissect the word yourself and be able to understand what the holy spirit is telling you on the best way for you to handle certain situations um but get in the scripture. Like I said, every situation, God speaks to, you know, he speaks to certain situations. And regardless of what is going on, there is a word that would be able to edify and encourage you. Again, there is no gray area. There are no gray areas when it comes to abortion. There is no gray area when it comes to gender. There is no gray area when it comes to murder. There's no ride in the fence when it comes to stealing and adultery and sex with children. There is no gray area when it comes to um, child mutilation, you know, taking genitals off kids. There is not a gray area. You will have to pick a side, okay? You, you're not going to be able to continue to ride the line. And we are at that time where you will have to choose, all right? And it's not just, you, you're not going to be able to hide anymore. You're going to have to lead the charge in this army of the Lord or, or not. And, and you'll have to deal with what that or not looks like with God. You know, it's not going to matter what other people think or what other people say. It, this is an audience of one, and that is the Lord. If you deny him before people, he will deny you in heaven. So that's just something for you to think about. Another uh, number seven in regards to getting your house in order is get in the word. So everything that we talked about earlier is um reflective of you actually knowing the word of god and i talk about this all the time it is so important to me um because i know it's important to god for us to get in the word uh but i you know i really want to say that if you learn to love god's word you will you will develop such a strong relationship with him and just love on him just by getting in the word and you'll you it will encourage you to the word will encourage you to pray it will encourage you in your fasting it will you know encourage you when it's when it's time to interact with others loving others having relationship with other people it it's the word you know and the word in john the uh the book of john starts off by saying god is the word jesus is the word so it's not just you know pop your bibles open i do say that all the time but it, this isn't just a book this is the word of god and the word is god okay 
So um, that's just something for you to think about in regards to getting your house in order. Um, but I, you know, I just kind of wanted to leave that there. I do think that it is important um, for you to think about. And I have some other things that I could go into, but I'm just going to leave it there and, and just say that, you know, get your house in order for Jesus's return. This isn't some scary time or some solemn time. Again, nobody knows the day or the hour that, um, that Jesus will return. But like I said earlier, it is something that we know that is coming, whether it's tomorrow or a thousand years from now, 2,000, 3,000 years from now, just get in line, get in holiness, get in, um, being alert, get in the groove, learning how to contend for the faith, being holy. It's important for you to, uh, as Hezekiah said, walk before God in truth and with a loyal heart, doing what is right in his sight. All right. That's, that's important. All right. So with that being said, I will, uh, I wanted to end really with this song that I found. Oh my goodness. I found this song by Dottie Peoples. This is so cute. And so I had never even heard of this song. And I really believe that this is my first time really listening to a Dottie Peoples song. She's a gospel artist. And in the 1990s, she created this song out. I'm, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in the church, so I don't know about all these people like that. I'm learning as I get older. But anyway, she had this perfect song. And guess what the title is? Get Your House in Order. So I am going to, I'm not going to sing it. I might, I don't know. But anyway, it's uh, it's super cute. And it says, um, get your house in order. Oh, do it today. Get your house in order. Do it right away. For Jesus is coming. No man knows where or when. Get your house in order. He's coming back again. You know there's earthquakes, hurricanes, famine, and disease. Can't you see my Lord is talking to you? You better take heed. Get your house in order. Get your house in order. He's coming back today. Now, there are more verses, but, you know, that's, you know, I'll just leave it at there. But then I'll just hit it with the, this is how it goes. Get your house in order you gotta hear it for yourself it's on youtube anyway get your house in order jesus is coming back that's all for this episode until next time good people small talk big thoughts big thoughts small talk big thoughts big thoughts small talk big thoughts big thoughts